and I did a few dance steps like in the movies. My mother said, you are the bee's knees, kiddo, and she grabbed the back of my dress. She licked her palm and pressed it to my bangs so they wouldn't fly up. She straightened her skirt and told me to check her seams. Straight as arrows, I said, and we went up the stairs hand in hand. My mother knocked and my father answered the door in the blue vest he wore at our house during the president's speeches. My father hugged me and my parents whispered to each other while I stood there, trying to see more of the parlor, which was as big as our whole apartment and filled with flowers. Maybe my father said, what the hell are you doing here? Maybe my mother cursed him for staying away, but I doubt it. My father had played the gentleman his whole life and my mother must have said to me a hundred times that men needed to be handled right, and a woman who couldn't handle her man had only herself to blame. When I say men are dogs, she'd say, I'm not being insulting. I like dogs. Behind my father, I saw a tall girl. My daughter Iris, my father said. I could hear my mother breathe in. Iris, he said. This is my friend Mrs. Logan and her daughter, her lovely daughter, Eva. I knew, standing in their foyer, that this girl had a ton of things I didn't have. Flowers and crystal vases the size of buckets. Pretty, light brown curls. My father's hand on her shoulder. She wore a baby blue sweater and a white blouse with a bluebird pin on the collar. I think she wore stockings. Iris was 16, and she looked like a grown woman to me. She looked like a movie star. My father pushed us to the stairs and told Iris to entertain me in her room while he and my mother had a chat. Picture this, Iris said. She lay on her bed, and I sat on the braided rug next to it. She gave me a couple of gumdrops, and I was happy to sit there. She was a great talker, and a perfect mimic. The whole college came to my mother's funeral. My grandfather used to be president of the college, but he had a stroke last year, so he's different now. There was this one girl, red hair, really awful redheads, like they didn't cook long enough or something. I think Paulette Goddard's a redhead, I said. I'd read this in photo play last week. How old are you, ten? Who the hell wants to be Paulette Goddard? Anyway, this redheaded girl comes back to our house. She's just bawling to beat the band. So this lady, our neighbor, Mrs. Drysdale, says to her, Were you very close to dear Mrs. Acton? The way Iris said this, I could just see Mrs. Drysdale sticking her nose in, keeping her spotted veil out of her mouth while she ate, her wet hanky stuffed into her big bosom, which my mother told me was a disgusting thing to do. I'm twelve, I said. Iris said, My mother was like a saint. Everybody says so. She was nice to everyone. But I don't want people thinking my mother wasted her time on this stupid girl so I turn around and say that none of us even know who she is, and she runs into the powder room downstairs. This is the funny part. The door gets stuck, and she can't get out. She's banging on the door, and two professors have to jimmy it open. It was funny. 
Iris told me that the whole college, I didn't know my father taught at a college, if you had asked me, I would have said that he read books for a living, came to the chapel to grieve for her mother, to offer sympathy to her and her father. She said that all of their family friends were there, which was her way of telling me that my mother could not really be a friend of her father's. We heard the voices downstairs, and then a door shutting, and then the piano playing, My Angel Put the Devil in Me. I didn't know my father played the piano. Iris and I stood at her bedroom door, leaning into the hall. We heard the toilet flush, which was embarrassing, but reassuring. And then my father started playing the Moonlight Sonata, and then we heard a car's engine. Iris and I ran downstairs. My mother left the front door open and just slipped into Mr.